to guide us in a reflection, recognition of mind, awareness, presence, finding a posture that you feel comfortable with, As you settle into your posture, beginning by feeling the ground beneath you, so you experience that as pressure of contact between the buttock and thighs on your seat, and orientating your attention to that sensation. Taking a deep breath down into the belly. Feeling that breath energy suffusing through the body. As you breathe out, softening the jaw and the shoulders, face, down through the arms to the palms of the hand, down through the belly, softening the belly, down through the legs to the soles of the feet. So breathing in, just feeling a a subtle lengthening through the spine, opening through the front of the torso, And then again, as you breathe out, just this softening through the body, arriving more fully in your seat. You begin to feel the body, allowing that to be an anchor for your attention, taking your attention more inward. Relaxing with the breath, subtly energizing the body with the breath. Let also your mind relax and become more open. Noticing the open, empty, spacious nature of awareness. Ground of the body is your seat. Ground of the mind is awareness. Noticing how open and spacious awareness is. 
just touching the moment with the contact of what's here right now experientially through the body Beginning to notice whatever sounds appear. Let them appear and disappear according to their own nature. Without having to go toward them or resist. going away from them. Just noticing within the open awareness of the mind, there's the experience of sound. both external sound that impinges, touches the organ of the ear as in hearing and internal sound which can sometimes be experienced as a hum, vibrational hum. Like when you hold a seashell to the ear Listening also between sounds to silence. Sound of a voice arising, passing. Sounds around touching awareness, rising and passing. Noticing experience of sound within the field of awareness.
and the awareness remaining presence In the same way, being aware of sensations, feelings within the body. Arising and passing in the empty space of the mind. Sensation, feeling, thoughts, images like points of contact appearing and disappearing like little flashes sometimes of lightning in the night sky. It's profound, mysterious depth of listening like the Vastness in which stars appear of the night sky, infinity, appearing as points of contact, noticing feeling and sensation, thoughts, rising, passing, oscillating, vibrating, changing without going toward or necessarily pushing away, resting in the open space of the mind. Nothing to be, nothing to do, nothing to gain, nothing to lose, being with the knowing here and now. Take a moment to look at the mind itself, turning your gaze to the mind, to awareness. Noticing it's invisible, open, unconstrained, It is, but isn't a thing. 
It is knowing, but knowing that can't be found, that just is. Recognizing this utter simplicity, the primary, original ground of the heart, to a truest refuge. Breathing within the vast and intimate awareness of the heart. It's just knowing how things are. Letting experience and phenomena arise and pass according to its own nature. Ajahn Chah, do everything with a mind that lets go. Do not expect praise or reward. If you let go a little, 
you will have a little peace. If you let go a lot, you will have a lot of peace. If you let go completely, you will know complete peace. Your struggles with the world will have come to an end. Today in our practice to have the opportunity to explore this territory of the third noble truth, the non-struggling, the relinquishment of the struggle, the returning, the returning back into peace, presence, trusting in this deeper refuge of the heart. It's one of uh, Thai meditation master Ajahn Tate said this practice is to know the difference between mind and the activity of mind. In the insight meditation we're contemplating both activity of mind and mind ground itself at a certain point also being able to turn from the activity, the endless as Kirisa was quoting from the Zen last night, the cooking of sand in the hope to make a delicacy or the, the polishing the brick to make a mirror, the endless trying to make the conditions of the world accord with our idea of what will bring us as a sense of self, fulfillment, peace, placement, belonging, and all the things we deeply long for, which we mistake we make a fundamental error and mistake and not don't understand that the conditions of the world can only do that to a certain point, but then the true deeper peace, belonging, resolve, liberation, freedom, redemption, healing comes when we touch into and taste and return home back into our deeper original fundamental ground of the heart, the intimate listening presence which is connected and a conduit for the profound intelligence and wisdom and knowing of the deep interconnectedness with all things of the Dharma, of reality, 
life itself. It's returning, turning back, learning to recognize not only the struggle which we're working with, continue to work with, but to also know non-struggle, place of relinquishment. So the third noble truth is uh, niroda, in the Pali niroda. This is the cessation, the cessation of the grasping and the identification of the mind, looking for the house of the self, a place to locate ourselves within, according to the shaping, the sankharas, the the patterning of our conditioning, this endless looking for the house. The Buddha, on the night of his enlightenment, deconstructed the house of the self and uh, freed the mind from this erroneous, mistaken identity, recognize the unlimited dharma, timeless dharma. So in our practice of this niroda, this learning to, to this um, niroda sometimes translated without walls, living without walls of the mind, also learning to recognize here and now, not as some exalted thing that we have to deserve if we do enough prostrations or retreats or in the right lineage or have the right sort of blessing from the right master or have attained to the deepest level of subtle absorptions. That uh, when we come from that premise of me that has to yet get something else in order to realize, we already we set the conditions for polishing the brick to get a mirror. Already we move out of the profound simplicity of being. And make that subtle, but all makes all the difference assumption that this the self me will will need to get something somehow somewhere in time in space through all the different undertaking all the different practices we think we need to do, and it's not that that doesn't help and isn't a ground for the cultivation of the path, but this niroda is an immediate practice. It's a gradual practice, but the fruit is and the tasting of peace is immediate here and now. So this turning back, and we can practice that. We get until we deepen into the taste and the recognition of peace, of nirvana, non-creation, unformed. So there's ways that uh, today we can practice that. It's, it's actually very helpful to have a winter landscape because it's a, <clears throat> in a way, it's a, it's a, it's a, a an experience being in the, the plateau of winter just before it breaks into the spring with the snow and the bare trees. You know, it's, not, it's a sort of a peaceful landscape. 
in a way. It's a non-becoming, it's not becoming something, it's not creating, it's not colourful, it doesn't draw our mind in that way as if we go into a lush garden which has its own beauty, but it's a, a landscape that tends the mind to to non-creation, to to this sort of a reflection of this third noble truth territory of peace. And one can resist that, or just longing for the beauty of the multicolored flowers as they break forth into spring, and the blue skies, and the, the, the activity of everything that spring brings, the creations, and the passions, and the life force all of which has its own beauty and its own power and its own place, but it's also this landscape is enabling us to return. It's not drawing us outwards, it's drawing us inward. It's a natural returning like the seasons. In our modern life, we're just on full blast all the time. We don't have the return, the Shabbat, the place of putting down anymore. So the return back to to recognize peace, to 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 actually, in small ways, not wait for the big blast of the earthquake of enlightenment, you know, where irrevocably that will be it, but in small ways to recognize here and now that even within the sounds, there is the silence. And we can hone our attentiveness to that silence which connects us with this inner listening. The sounds take us there because they're constantly coming into our awareness as a form, a sound, form of sound. And then they reveal to us the nature of everything that in the appearance of the sound is already the dissolving of the sound. In the appearance of forms, there is the space within which forms appear. To to notice not just the particularity of all the people and then the complexity of that, but to notice the space that everything is appearing within. And then the phenomena of the mind as it's appearing and unfolding, there is the awareness. One of the practices that were taught when uh, Bahia, who was known as the one who most quickly understood enlightenment, came to the Buddha and said, when the Buddha was arms around, teach me a teaching. And the Buddha said, no, not now, it's not the right time and place. And Bahia said, no, teach me something. The Buddha said, no, not the right time and place. And it said, if you ask three times, and the Buddha has to respond. So then Bahia said, no, teach me something. And the Buddha said, okay, in the seen is just the seen, in the heard is just the heard, in the cognized or thinking is just thought. Thus you should contemplate. And in the sensed is just the sense, in the feeling is just the feeling. Thus you should contemplate. Contemplating such, there is no here and no there, no thingness, the dissolving of thingness, this tendency for the mind to, the cognitive mind, the mano-vijnana, that which objectifies, taking a seamless whole, goes out and picks a piece and goes, that is, and gives it a name, a separate thing that moves it out of the web of life. So 
So this practice in the scene, when we, it's also a practice taught by the Burmese master Tungpalu Sayadaw from the forest school, that when we're seeing, to practice at the sense door. So often when we look at things, we go out and we look at things, or look at people, and already there's a sense of the thing we're looking at, or the person, and then there's the me, and there's the duality, me looking at you, and then a dynamic. But in the seeing, just practicing seeing as pure seeing, maybe softening the gaze, so you're not looking at something, but softening in a more global way, so... You're seeing everything that's in the field of vision and allowing that what is in the field of a vision to come to you more, come into the awareness more, rather than going out in that simple movement of looking at creating the world in a certain way through then your perception and thinking. So just seeing, softening into the seeing in a more global way, Noticing in the seeing not just the forms but the space. This is a metaphor for moving into noticing awareness. In the hearing is just sound. We hear a sound and then the reaction starts. Oh, that sound, that sound of the car and the cars and the cars are creating so much pollution and the fossil fuels and I shouldn't just be sitting here I should be out as an activist and you know then we create all of which might be true actually but still we (laughs) we then create a complexity where there wasn't one so just hearing so this is a or in the sensed in particular it's feeling oh my god I feel this terrible feeling and it's I'm just so hopeless or I'm just so angry or I'm just so wonderful (laughs) all the variants of feeling that then immediately particularly with feeling is so powerful and it's very connected with the shaping of the me and the immediate identification and then description of ourself that then starts to resonate into the 10,000 moments that that feeling created and was rooted in a fundamental separative sense of self, which is sometimes not founded always in the most healthy sense of well-being, but can also be founded in these deeper wounds. And then we sort of find ourselves in an overwhelm. This is what the, the Buddhists, and then we start to think, why, why am I feeling this? Why is this happening to me? Why is this, someone's asking all this resistance? The Buddha said, when you experience a dart and it's painful, don't stand, then it's poisoned. Don't stand there going, why is this? Where did it come from? Who made this? Who made the wood? <laughs> you know, where did the feathers come from? You know, or, 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 why, why, why me? What have I done? What bad karma? You know, you just get the thing and pull it out. You know, and, you know in a certain way, pull it out, end of story. You sort of heal up. So in the feeling, it's just this pulling out, it's just knowing there is the arising of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral feelings. It's the second foundation of mindfulness. It's very dispassionate. 
there is this arising of anger, there is this arising of anxiety, there is this arising of dread, and some of this isn't too personal. We immediately interpret our feelings as very personal, feels very personal. And psychologically speaking, some of it needs to be owned and worked through. But it's also important to understand that a lot of what is carried and a lot of what is felt through this body is sometimes not just personal, it's ancestral. Generations passed down, unworked out, feeling tone, narrative, belief systems, places of wounding, places of collapse. It's very ancient. Some of it's collective planet under crisis, you think we're not going to feel that in the body somehow? This earth body is not going to feel freaked out sometimes? As, the, as increasingly we experience the instability and breaking apart of what has been a world that we've known to be for millennia in a certain way there for us, that is in question. You don't think that there's going to be some resonant little bit of anxiety appearing? <laughs> you know, so this is a conduit. We are a conduit for all sorts of material. You know, to reduce it to something manageable is like in the feeling, is just meditatively, it's just this feeling and it's unpleasant. It's arising and passing, investigating, what is it? Is it, even that's a label. As we go deeper, you see it's oscillating, changing, vibrating, and it, within that, within Vimuti Sarasabe Dhamma, within the condition, there's already freedom, already space, awareness, pure energy, even within the most constricted state that we experience. And even more subtly is teaching to Bahia in the thinking. And the thinking is very hard to see objectively, to contemplate as just a phenomenal experience, very powerful. Thinking is not just cognitive, it's energetic, it's framing, it's narrative, it's shaping of the self in very profound and powerful ways, but a moment of saying this is just thought gives us then some ground from which to contemplate thinking. And that ground isn't the thinking, that ground isn't the anxiety, that ground isn't the sankharic material, the patterning. It's like a computer screen without the programming. It's just pure, blank, a receptacle. It's like the mind, the awareness, without the sankharic material. And it appears, as Ajahn Charles said, 70% of our work is knowing where that constriction is. When the material, the sankharic material, the patterning appears, and there's the moment of contact, and then there's the identification and the struggle, then there's that particular work, there's dukkha. As he says, 70% is just knowing there is that constriction, and we bring awareness there in the way we've been practicing, steadying, calming, breathing, reflecting. That 30% of the release is organic. Some of these sankharas take a long time to release. They're deep profound, ancestral, 
primary places of fear and insecurity. Very, 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 very patient work. But within the midst of that, we can still turn and recognize in the context, the mind and its activity, there is that which is just pure awareness. There is that, it's just this moment, it's just this much, it's just thinking, feeling, perception, arising and passing within the field of the unfettered, aware presence of the heart. And every moment we listen to a sound arising and dissolving, every moment we know it's just this much, thinking, feeling, cognition, there is the recognition of the background, of the ground. We can return to that and we know it because the return is a taste of release, of relief. Even momentarily, this is the taste of Nibbana, taste of peace. Small ways, manageable ways, deepening into the ground of this realization. So today we have the opportunity to continue practicing an acquired taste for peace. <laughs> it's usually it's a little boring. <laughs> we prefer the dramas of, you know, so it's a quiet taste in this winter landscape. And then when the stuff arises, then we, we work our stuff with this wonderful practices we've been left and handed down through millennia with the encouragement of Ajahn Chah, you can do this, we can do this, this is doable. It's not easy, but it's doable. So together, let us do it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.